I mean, I should have had 10 threes. I left like three on the board tonight, but whatever. I'm just so happy to be back. I'm so thankful for this team. These guys carried us to an incredible start, and then to be coming back in there, I mean, I'm, I don't want to get emotional, Aaron. I can't believe we're back. This is crazy. I'm going to enjoy this tonight, but wow, we still got four more to go, Dub Nation. This is, I'm going to soak this in the night, though. I can't believe it. I really can't believe it. NBA Strayer, how are you going? It's Friday, TGIF, am I right? Just another big fuck it Friday, NBA Strayer. Friday, May 27, it's gonna be May. Happy hold steady day to all who observe. And also the Warriors are back in the NBA Finals. What a day. I'm your host, James Clemens. I'm a writer sometimes. But whoever wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff, I'm here in Larry Armour Studios. In the hoodie again. A bit cold down here. Either way, we're here repping Australia. Talking NBA gear. Tell you what. West Finals Game 5. Mavs Warriors. The gentleman's sweep is complete. What a game by Clay. Kevin Looney. We'll talk about that in the NBA Australia game wrap. We've got That's Not a Knife. All Mate, No Mate, Spud of the Night. Better than Lonzo Ball. There's Dickhead of the Week and an adjacent Legend of the Week. There's some Yanazi on Popular Opinion of the Day in our back take house where we're serving up. A flame grill take. It's not really a flame grill take. It's just more of a uh, where is Steph all time already? Uh, the final stray and player watch of the season as well, with Greening being knocked out today, as well as a Luke Longley award. I think we might throw in a Shane Hill shooter, shoot, shoot your shot, light him up award as well. And we'll preview and pick tomorrow's game six of Heat Celtics and a potential game seven on Monday. I don't think it's going to be uh, happening, but still. Either way, we'll finish up the classic cooking with Bainsy. I'm going to go get to the hold steady. Let's get into it. Episode 825 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls. And you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Uh, you better. Better watch out for the Golden State Warriors fan attack if you're uh, Charles Barkley. Getting a bit heated after the game. Jeez. Chuck, you suck. Chuck, you suck. And he's like getting up there. He's getting into it with a couple of them. Uh, better watch out for the shack attack with a horn. Shaq had a fan horn and was uh, blowing it repeatedly, which is not great TV, but here we are. <laughs> Shaq with a horn. You know he's going to have fun with that. Right, let's get stuck in today's show, the way we start every show here with the daily whip around. That's all right, the latest NBA gear, bit of news. Zion, he's being cleared for basketball activities. Well, that's handy, isn't it? After the fucking Western Conference finals have finished. And they got knocked out in the first round. Uh, but the Pelicans have finally come out and gone, yep, Zion's cleared. He can uh, play without any restrictions. They got some recent imaging done. Uh, and the bone healing in his right fifth metatarsal is looking good. So that's kind of neat. I'm also just saying, Zion for Donji Ayton. I threw it out there last week. Let's get it done. Other news. Last, actually, a little bit of news. There's not much going on. Outside the conference finals, it's a great time uh, for flying through a show. Uh, the Blazers hired ESPN's draft analyst, Mike Schmitz. It's pretty cool. As assistant GM, which is great. Uh, so he'll be basically leading the domestic and international scouting departments for the Blazers. Pretty good. He's going to stay with ESPN through the draft, which I think is June 23. Kind of cool. Good on him. Seems pretty smart. It's like, hey, how good's our scouting department? Oh, that's okay. How about we just get the guy that everybody copies off? <laughs> Checks out. It's pretty bloody smart. All right. The Golden State Warriors are in their sixth NBA Finals in eight years. Let's find out how they got there with today's Game Wrap. Game Wrap, Game Wrap, Game Wrap, Game Wrap. That's right, Game Wrap. 
of Game 5 of the Western Conference Finals. Finals, finals, finals. Dallas won 10, Golden State won 20. Oh, jeez. What a disappointment for the Mavs, right? Uh, so I think my preview yesterday is the, of uh, this game was that the Mavs carrying over the hot shooting a bit uh, and they get a big Luka game. Those were both incorrect. <laughs> like the hot shooting actually carried over, but it was only really for Spencer Dinwiddie. And Reggie Bullock hit a couple of threes, but it was testament to the Warriors' defense that I think he only took four shots. So we'll get to that. But uh, almost from the get-go, this was definitely a game the Mavs were going to have to work extremely hard to win. I don't want to say from the get-go that it looked over, but boy, did it look over, didn't it? Like, this was a putrid first half for the Mavs. Uh, the Warriors were firing on all cylinders. They came out ready to put this away. Uh, the D was on point for the Warriors. They were cramming the paint for every Dallas drive, and it felt like on the opposite end, uh, the Warriors were just getting easy bucket after easy bucket uh, while they were forcing Dallas into really tough shots. The Mavs' D was a mess. They were just run ragged by uh, Clay and Steph. Felt like they were always a bit of a step behind. But as a wider idea, you just can't do that. It's game five. You're down 3-1. The Mavs needed to come out ready and on fire. And they needed to get up early. And that did not happen. <laughs> it was They were down 10, almost out of the gates. It's like, oh, God. They did fight back into it, though, but it just felt like the Warriors always had an answer between Paul, Clay, whether it was Steph, and then later in the second quarter, you had Moses Moody, Moses Moody, uh, Belly Belitsa and co. just absolutely slamming the door shut on the Mavs. Like, the Mavs' defense gave up 41 points in the second quarter in a Game 5 of the Western Conference Finals. That is just... You can't do it. It's abysmal. And it was abysmal effort. It was abysmal execution. And the Warriors on the other side were the exact opposite, right? They just worked the fucking body. The defense fired up their offense. The rebounding advantage was absolute chaos uh, because the Warriors is like, right, we've got one big dude. Kevon, can you just go out and get every rebound? And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. And I feel like uh, Steve Kerr keeping him on ice for most of game four uh, where they're getting their ass kicked. Worked out great because everybody in the Mavs just looked that little step slow, a little bit gassed, and Kevin Looney was just like, fucking, I'm ready and raring, bloke. Let's go. Uh, so the ball moving as well, I think, in the first half for the uh, Warriors really just sort of told the story, essentially, of this entire game, right? Like, um, the first half, they had 20 assists on 24 made buckets. Like, that is just a testament to the ball movement how they're just pinging it around. And this takes me back to like games, you know, the first couple of games of this series, right? How the Mavs were completely unprepared for how the Warriors always have a second, third, fourth, fifth option on offense every time. And you compare that to the Mavs, who time and time again would just, it'd devolve into Luka. Dribbling, 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 dribbling. I'm going to do a fancy pass. And they'd turn it over. Or even Spencer Dinwiddie, no matter, like, he shot the shit out of it. Spencer Dinwiddie, the amount of time of the, on the clock that he just wasted dribbling, bouncing between his legs, going, ah, oh, belly bleats, I'm going to go right, now I'm going to go left. And then he'd drive into a forest of fucking people, pass up the ball, and somewhat would just clank a fucking unprepared shot time and time again. It was that ball movement that made all the difference in the first half. And Dallas just looked way behind the eight ball. The fact that they were down 69-52 at the half, it felt generous. I think Spencer Dinwiddie had 17 in the first half. Without that, I mean, obviously, they're down 30-odd, but it felt like they should have been down 30, but Dinwiddie was like, you know, it was basically putting the finger on the busted dam. Uh, Clay had 19. He hit five threes in the first half, uh, which was pretty chaos, considering he had only 18 total first-half points the rest of the series. But really... The story of that first half was Clay going off and all the other dudes, all the other dudes on Golden State just doing something. Like Draymond had 10 points in the first half. Wigo had eight. Moose's Modi, Moose's Modi had seven. Belly Belitza was doing just crazy shit. He had two points. And it felt like he was outplaying Luca at that point. Like 
Luca only had six points in the first half. He shot two of 12, 0 of 4 from downtown. Three turnovers. He was brutal. But it was just everybody on Golden State. I mean, they were shooting over 55%. But just that getting points from everywhere just makes it so much easier for everybody else, right? Paul had 12 in the first half. And that was the story. Like, they only had four turnovers as well, Golden State. And when you're up 17 at home you know, after the first half, you're probably going to close out that game. And it looked pretty fucking dire. But then, it turned around a bit, didn't it? Oh, yeah. Luca was out there getting cooked, barely ever getting back on defense. It happened in the second quarter a couple of times where he was too busy bitching and moaning at the refs to get back on D, selling out his team and his teammates. Uh, and yet, time and time again, his man was either scoring or setting up a score because Luca was just being too lazy. The same thing happened once or twice in the third quarter. And then it was like the regression to the mean. The laws of regression to the mean rear their ugly head. The Mavs hit some shots. A couple of Warriors shots just rolled out. There was a turnover. A, mad, a Mavs bucket. Another Warriors turnover. Mavs free throws. A miss from the Warriors. Mavs hit a three. Another missed Warriors shot. Another Mavs three. And here we go. Let's go. It's a game. Lucas suddenly starts smoking threes. He ends up with 15 in the quarter. They're only down eight. It's chaos. But unfortunately, Jordan Poole at the very end of the third quarter, like they've sliced 17 points off the lead. They're down 25. They rip off a 15-0 run. You want to carry that into the fourth quarter? No. No, the Mavericks defense just fucking parts like the Red Sea in front of fucking Moses. And Jordan Poole slices and dices through there. Easy, uncontested layup. Gets it going. 10-point game in the fourth quarter. And I don't know how many times in this game we saw the Warriors defense just stand steady in front of a Dallas drive, right? Whereas on the other end, the Dallas defense, just it felt like they gave up about eight wide open like layups or shots in the paint, whereas Dallas just couldn't get anything to go. Luka was bitching and moaning like way too much. He had a point, it felt like, for a lot of it. The Warriors were getting some bullshit fucking calls on drives. Luka was getting nothing. And I'll tell you what, he's going to pop up in a second. But that's what you get. If you bitch and moan all the fucking time, Luka, what do you reckon is going to happen? Anyway, uh, so the fourth quarter, Luka hits that sick teardrop from basically behind the backboard. But uh, even after an offensive foul, the... uh, Warriors challenge and lose. The Mavs just can't capitalize. Clay hits a, another shot. It's his 29th points. Uh, the Warriors back up 16. Looney gets like back-to-back offensive boards. They get a belita three out of it. They're up 17 again. Spencer Dinwiddie gets a four-point play. He's just like basically the only bloke doing anything at this point. And it was kind of sad. It's like Spencer Dinwiddie's the only dude literally hitting a shot. Brunson didn't even take a shot in the fourth quarter. Uh, Reggie Bullock didn't take a shot in the fourth quarter. Finney Smith had one nice little drive. Uh, but that was it. Spencer Dinwiddie. He went to the line eight times in the fourth quarter. Luca zero. And that's exactly where they lost the game. They couldn't force the issue on the Warriors. And boom. 15-point game with seven and a half minutes left in this one. Uh, Looney gets a shot to go in the paint. Looney gets another rebound. Kicks out to Clay. Huge three. 15-point game, three minutes left. Then Steph hits another three with two minutes to go, and that's it. That's the Western Conference Finals. O-V-E-R! Over. And there you go. They've done it. So the Mavs, look, this was a pretty dispiriting way to go out. Uh, Sure, you only lose by 10, 121-10. But, ugh, it was pretty gross. 28 points on 28 shots for Luka. Missed too many shots in the paint that usually are gimmies and spent too much time whinging at the refs. Goes 3 of 13 from downtown. He also just gets lazy. He's like, I'm fucking tired. I'm not getting any calls. I'll just jack this three. Watch. He went 1 of 5 from downtown in the fourth quarter. Doesn't get to the line. That tells you the story of a bloke who's uh, a bit toyed. Oh, I need a bit of a nap, man. Uh, nine rebounds, six assists, a steal, four turnovers. And you can just sort of see how Luca runs out of gas as well. I think he had like five rebounds really early and ends up with only nine. One of those ones where you go, oh, yeah. He sort of just goes, wait, 
I need to conserve energy. Fuck. Uh, it was a pretty disappointing game all around from him. Uh, very, very much shades of the Boomers Slovenia uh, game at the Olympics where he just bitched and moaned and the Boomers just got on with the fucking job and kicked his ass. So Dinwiddie, 26 points. He was great. 5 or 7 from downtown, 7 or 12 from the line. Uh, has never committed a foul, though, Spencer Dinwiddie. Not once. Not once. And it makes this Mavs team a bit of a fucking punish. When you got Dinwiddie and Luca just bitching and moaning the entire time. No matter. <laughs> no wonder they got fuck all calls. Uh, but Dinwiddie stepped up when no one else did. Some of those threes he, he was hitting were incredible. And some of his fouls, though, there was a foul, I think, at the end of the first quarter. It was just, I think I tweeted out, he's the dumbest smart guy you'll meet. It's like, that's the dumbest foul. He just basically throws a dude to the ground. There's another one where the ball hasn't even been inbounded yet. It's like, Spencer, mate, get a fucking grip. Anyway, Dorian Finney-Smith, a bit of a tough one. 13 rebounds, four, uh, sorry, 13 points, four rebounds, two assists and a couple of steals. Went six of 10, only one of four from downtown. Kind of filled the gaps, but, and that's probably what you really only need from Finney-Smith. If Reggie Bullock, sniper alert, uh, is actually going, and Jalen Brunson's actually going as well. Unfortunately, they were not. Uh, Reggie Bullock ends up with a six points, two or four uh, from the floor, all of which were from downtown. Shows you how often the Mavs are able to find shooters though, right? The driving kick game, like the Mavs were driving, and it felt like time and time and time again, uh, the kickouts were either just that little bit slow or they just take their own shot in the paint, Brunson especially. And uh, so it means that dudes like Bullock weren't able to eat. And it looked like he was uh, feeling it a little bit okay, you know, two or four from downtown, but just not enough. And Brunson, couldn't hit a shot. 10 points on 10 shots, 3 of 10 for him, 0 or 2 from downtown, 4 assists, stopped in the paint time and time again. And this brings up the big question about the Mavs offseason, right? Like Brunson, um, free agent, do you bring him back? You watch a game like this and go, he is very small. And as good and tricky as he is in the paint sometimes, like, does he put you over the top? I don't know. Bit of a tough one. Max Shaklebart, 1 or 2 from downtown, 7 points. He had a nice block on Curry, but otherwise you're like, Maxi, why only two shots from downtown, sir? Uh, Frankie Smokes. It was a lot of Frankie Smokes minutes, wasn't it? 2 or 5 from downtown for him, 2 uh, for his 6 points, but otherwise, like, just, oh, like, this is where you're missing Tim Hardaway Jr. I'll talk about that later. Uh, but basically, 17 of 42 from downtown. It felt a lot worse than that. <laughs> because, I mean, in the first half, they're, they're basically just, what, 9 of 23 in the first half. It seems like that's a lot of threes. They tied up the amount of threes that they'd made with the Warriors in the first half. And then, obviously, they got going a little bit in that uh, third quarter when they go 4 of 7. But still, just too many... And just not in impactful times. Um, and as I said, like just with Luca going three of thirteen from downtown, just the lazy threes that just submarine a possession. Cause he's like, Oh, I can't be fucked. I'll just shoot this one. And it's like, all right, man. All right. Three of thirteen. Brutal. Thirty-four rebounds versus uh the Warriors. I mean, Kevin Looney, it felt like he could have gotten thirty-four by himself. They had fifty one the Warriors. That'll do. That'll do, pig. And, uh, yeah, there you go. That's your game. The Warriors, Clay with 32, an amazing game for him. 8 of 16 from downtown, 12 of 25 overall. Steph only had 15, but he had 9 assists. Uh, went 2 of 7 from downtown. That big 3 late was awesome. Wiggins, 18 and 10, played his ass off, though. 0 of 7 from downtown, but 4 of 4 at the free throw line. And I think, like, this was a weird sort of telling moment of this game. Wiggins goes 4 of 4 from the line, and so does Draymond. That's like eight points where you could probably count on that being a few less, but they hit all of them. Meanwhile, Brunson was like going, uh, you know, one or two every time he stepped up or whatever. Uh, and nobody else was really doing any damage at the free throw line for the uh, for the Mavs. So, bit of a tricky one. Kevin Looney, he was incredible. Ten points, 18 rebounds, seven on the offensive boards, four assists. He just played his ass off. Draymond had his best offensive game you've seen uh, these playoffs, 17 points, 6 rebounds and 9 assists. He shot 6 or 7, threw in just some absolute bullshit shots. And the backpack 3, 1-1 from downtown. Great game by Draymond. Paul had 16, 6 and 6. 
Uh, shot six of eight overall, uh, cutting through the defense time and time again for just really easy buckets, I felt. One of three from downtown. Belitza ends up with five points and six rebounds. Not a bad game from Belly Belitza. And Moses Moody, Moses Moody, Moses Moody. Seven points all in that first half. Big difference maker. You love to see from the rookie. Two or three from downtown. Uh, two or three from the floor. One or one from three. But they kept it up. So I said 20 assists in the uh, first half on 24 made buckets. They end up with 36 assists on 45 made buckets. They shoot 51%. 14 of 36 from downtown. Not bad, bro. That's 39%. And complete the perfect gentleman sweep. 4-1. And they will host game one of the finals. 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 On Thursday. Which is pretty chaos. Six finals in eight years. This is a team that went, what, 15 and 50? Like a couple of years ago? Jesus. Um, You know, when they were just sort of, you know, all out of it and dealing with injuries. But uh, the Warriors, yeah going to host the finals against either the Heat or the Celtics. So uh, Steph goes on to win the Magic Johnson Western Conference Finals MVP award. Uh, Iguodala sitting there going, oh, yeah, nice one. I probably should have won this one too, eh? Um, Average, what, a 24-7-7 for the uh, series. But shot the shit out of it. But Warriors, look, they own this game. They came out with a sense of purpose that the Mavericks did not have and made them pay. So... Good game by the Warriors. Deserve to get there. Great series. Just absolutely took everything Dallas could throw at them and took them out of their game. That's what it felt like, right? Like for four games, four games to one, the Warriors just ran this series. It felt like they did whatever they wanted. And the Mavericks, it was like going up against a uh, the boss character where you're like, wait, I haven't figured this out. Oh, shit, I'm dead. <laughs> 100%. Whereas like with the Suns, it felt like, yeah. Talk about those second, third, fourth options on offense. Uh, the Suns didn't quite have that. The Warriors did time and time again. They're too deep, too good, and fucking smashed them. So the Warriors do an NBA Finals. <laughs> Off they go. All right, let's do an NBA Australia approved performance of the night. <laughs> That's not a nice. That's a nice. Ah, oh, Clay Thompson. I love it. 32 points, three assists. He goes 12 of 25 from the floor, but eight of 16 from three. Insane game. Uh, it was pretty cool that Reggie Miller on the call. I don't usually say that, but uh, when Clay sort of shakes loose and you can see just from his shooting form, you're like, oh, that's in. And Reggie Miller was the exact same, right? If you ever watched Reggie Miller in the 90s and in the uh, early thousands, Reggie looked the exact same, right? Like, he'd go straight up, and you're like, oh, that ball's just going in. And Clay, as long as his balance is right, and he's coming off, you know, like a little screen, or if he's just even at the top of the uh, the key, like above the three, if he just goes straight up, doesn't kick out his legs or anything, you're like, that is in. Like, as soon as it fucking, as he goes up for it, if he's balanced, you're like, that's three, done. And even, like, you know, with these, like, weird little drives and those baseline sort of jumpers that he pulls off, the same thing. Like, if he's going up straight... It's going in, and time and time again today he did. But we've also got to give an honourable mention, Kevon Looney, the amount of times that he just kept possessions alive for the Warriors was absolutely amazing. And it's one of those things where you're watching the uh, Mavericks, and we talked about this after Game 4, like they didn't have a stylistic difference that they could go after the Warriors with. They don't have a big man that they can turn to and just go, ah, fuck it, we'll try to out Looney Looney with, like, some vaguely serviceable big man. You do have Boban on your team. I understand that. But Boban's Boban. I love Boban, my best mate. Ran into him on the streets in New York. His wife was, like, fucking tiny. It was hilarious. But either way, with Dwight Powell, he's just... You just saw the limitations of Dwight Powell today. Maxi Kleber, if you're only going to take two threes, I don't know what the fucking point of it is. Uh, but Kevin Looney, 10 points, 18 rebounds, 7 offensive rebounds, 4 assists, 5 of 8 shooting. He, I think Steve, Stan Van Gundy brought up the fact that, yeah, if you don't finish a defensive position, uh, possession when you've actually, sh- you know, defended the point of attack, you've maybe forced them up into a sh- missing a shot. If you don't get the fucking rebound, it doesn't mean shit. And it's wildly demoralizing, and that's what Looney did to them. Uh, I think, as I mentioned, in the third... 
Third or fourth quarter, there was the one where like Looney had uh, two bites of the cherry, like two offensive rebounds, kicked it out. They finally got a three. And then there was the other one where, again, another offensive rebound, kicks it out to Clay. That was it. That was the dagger game over. So Kevin Looney, Clay Thompson, they're the NBA Australia approved performances of the night. Who is Spud of the Night? Spud, 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 of the Night. How about first half Luca? Jeez, that was bad, wasn't it? So he ends up spending most of that time. And like Luca is always threatening. You know, you watch, you're like, ah, look, he might come good. But the first quarter, he went 2 of 10. Like, that was just sort of telling of the lack of uh, fire with this Mavs team. Like, he was already bitching and moaning. He was 0-4 from downtown, and there were already two of those threes. We're just like, ah, fuck it, I'll shoot it, who cares, threes. And that is just such a, talk about demoralizing moment for your team. He also went 0-2 in the uh, second quarter completely. So ends up 2-12 in the first half, and uh, 0-4 from downtown it was just gross like his body language sucked he's bitching and moaning uh he turns it around in the third quarter because you knew that he'd eventually eventually have to hit a couple of shots and there was like the weirdest part for me was that it started off you know he was like all right shit i can't get right to the cup uh i'll pull off this awesome turnaround dirk tim duncan hybrid banking in off the uh, glass shot and as soon as he wasn't getting calls, it just fucked with his head and it took him out of the game. And without them getting anything really from him in that first half to the point where you're like, Jesus, get back on fucking defense, Luca. You're killing your team. He's, he's spot of the night. Like, that's what it was. It doesn't matter that he turned it around. He only turned it around to a specific degree. And then in the fourth quarter, kind of continued with the pouting and the bitching and the moaning and ends up with three of eight and one of five from downtown in that fourth quarter. So... Really played one good quarter. Spot of the night, Luca. Old mate, no mates, though. Old mate, no mates. 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 Who's got no mates today? Luca Doncic. Because if I was his fucking teammate, just looking at his effort, running back on defense, you're like, yes, Luca, you should be getting calls. Yes, they are getting calls that we are not. But fucking put in some effort. And pull your head out of your ass and get back on defense. We're playing four on five, you fuckwit. Jesus. The slovenly Slovenian. Unbelievable scenes in that one. I would have been fucking ropeable. There was a point in the third quarter where he pulled off another just lope back on defense and just spend the time yelling at the ref while his man nails a three that you're like, fuck, man, should Jason Kidd just sit his dumb ass? Teach him a lesson? Jesus. Uh, but it was definitely old mate, no mates, because like, there's obviously no one really on that team who can tell him to pull his fucking head in. And Spencer Dinwiddie's not going to be other guy. Well, Spencer Dinwiddie would love to be the guy who could do that, but everyone's like, Spencer, shut up. They don't quite have like that weird old vet who can just go, Luca, sit your ass fucking down, get back on defense, or I'm going to kick your fucking head in. Like, where's the Udonis Haslam on this Dallas Mavericks team to me, you know? That's what they need. They need that one guy. Taj Gibson, Al Horford. Anyway, um, so old mate, no mates, definitely Luca. That's a fucking shitty bus ride for me. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, old mate, no mates, as I mentioned, has never committed a foul. If you ask Spencer Dinwiddie. <laughs> like, so he had two of the dumbest fucking fouls you'll ever see in that first half and still had the temerity to go, what are you talking about, ref? It's like, Spencer, you threw the guy to the ground before the fucking ball was inbounded. And uh, the one at the end of the quarter where the Mavs were trying to eat into the lead, he turned around and hit a three, a buzzer-beating three, but at the same time, uh, just it's those dumb fouls that you just can't have in a game of this magnitude. But also, my favorite old mate, no mates for this one, is your fucking mate, is Belly Belitza, late in the second quarter, calling for a review on a foul. (laughs) (laughs) Nemanja, there is... There is pneumonia no fucking chance of you getting a review on your dumb foul, you idiot. I love it. Steve Kerr must have just gone, are you fucking serious, Belly Belitza? Shut up. You fouled him. I'm not going to waste my challenge in the first half on a foul on you. 
That's such an old mate's fuck off idiot moment. Oh boy, pants of the night. I mean, the way the Mavs played was a bit of a self-pantsing, really. Uh, but Wiggins, I absolutely loved Wiggins charging through. Frankie Smokes made a business decision, got the fuck out of the road of that. I enjoyed that. And Steph, getting that block uh, in the fourth quarter on a thir- on a three-pointer, I think uh, it was only, it was actually his only block for the entire uh, playoffs, I believe, or at least for the series, um, because there was that uh, Draymond block in the corner they had in Game 3. But still, uh, a bit of a tough one. Like, getting blocked by Steph Curry just hurts your heart, doesn't it? Like, he blocked Dorian Finney-Smith's three. Dorian Finney-Smith's like a fucking foot taller than fucking Steph. Like, that's a crazy, crazy, crazy vibe. Uh, so that's a bit of a panting. But yeah, the Mavs, that's a self-panting today. And, f- oh, what, wait, no, we're not finally. <coughs> Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you gonna get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. You're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. Moose's Modi, Moose's Modi, Modi Moosey. Yeah, Moses Moody. Um, I loved, he played 11 minutes, did Moses Moody, and played out his ass. He was amazing. He looked incredible. He hit just two insane shots. The three he hit was incredible. Ended up with seven points, two or three shooting, one or one from downtown. Two or two at the free throw line as well. 11 minutes, seven points, hitting some shots. That's uh, already, for the rookie, better than Lonzo Ball's entire playoff career combined. Because he's uh, never made the playoffs. There you go. See that one? Yeah, good. Who's Dickhead of the Week? Dickhead of the week. Uh, after today's effort, I think Luke is just trying to like run the table here. <laughs> oh, mate, no, mate, spuds, dickhead of the week. It was so egregious, the bitching and the moaning and the whining at the refs, that like this is the old mate, it's the classic old mate, no, mates. It's the boy who cried wolf. Like, what do you think is going to happen here, Luca? Do you think the refs are going to turn around and go, oh, actually, nah, you're right, Luca. Next time you do something like that, I will definitely call... No! They're not going to call it, you fucking idiot. And I think it was put to me um, on the old tweets, just going, yo, is he, like, the worst at doing this? And it's like, yeah, I had written already on here a dick out of the week. Luca has already hit, like, the James Harden, Boogie Cousins level of just infinite outrage at every play that completely takes them out of the next play of the game. And you can't have that. You can't have that on a team. Like, you need to be completely fucking locked in. You need to be focused. You need to be like, right, next play up, cool. You've got to be a goddamn goldfish. I understand. Look, campaign for calls as much as you want. Do it when you're back on fucking defense. Seriously, it's an absolute dickhead of the week move to spend fucking four or five possessions in an NBA game, in a game five, an elimination game. Uh, elimination alert. Elimination alert. That... You're just not back on defense. You're completely selling out your team. You're selling out your teammates, and you're a dickhead. Legend of the week, though, Joel Embiid. I still like cannot get over how awesome that uh, Jimmy Butler needs another star tweet was from Joel Embiid. That is just throwing fucking meat to the wolves, isn't it? <laughs> what a legend. <laughs> that is so fucking funny. Hey, my old teammate needs another star. Trade for me, Pat Riley. Love it. Right, let's do some ENRs right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Elliot. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And 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 you're listening to NBA Australia. Let's do some Yanaz there. Brought to you by the NBA Australia Shop. Go get your merch. Get your merch. People. Get your merch. Get your merch. Wear it. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. Listen to them. Go get it. NBAAustralia.com slash shop or just click through any of the links on the old socials. It's right there. It's a nice looking shop. I put some time and effort into that. So go buy a hoodie or a t-shirt. Help a brother out. As I've said, we've got to do some building on the house. So uh, I need old, old, like old mate's going to yell at me like for the next fucking six months i got to sell some fucking t-shirts so I don't have to bother moving them. 
So go get around it. Airbnb.com slash shop. <laughs> right. Yeah, nah. So we take a bunch of NBA storylines, decide whether they're more yeah or more nah. Number one, Dan Drosher sent this one in yesterday. Yeah, nah. It feels like every team left in the conference finals winning chances relies solely on how they shoot the three ball. Yet, ironically, Steph, who started all this, has a team who can probably score the easiest if the three ball doesn't drop. Yeah, nah. Yes. This is such a great point because... Uh, I've talked at length about the Mosquito fleet of the Heat. And then the flip side of that is how Grant Williams or Marcus Smart, etc. on the Celtics shoot, Al Horford and co. And then obviously the Mavs 100% just live and die by whether or not those threes go in. And Luca missing 10 threes by himself today pretty much sunk the Mavs, right? That's just 10 possessions that are empty because he's like, ah, I'll just shoot it. Um, but yeah, like it felt like the Warriors at every point today. Like the fact that Wiggins can get into the paint, throw it up, land it. It's a completely different looking Andrew Wiggins, these playoffs, right? It's, well, especially against the Mavs, where Wiggins is going up against Luka on the defensive end. And then offense just sort of gets to freelance and do whatever the fuck he wants. It's going to be pretty different for him, whoever gets through the Eastern Conference Finals. But yeah, I mean... It felt like the Warriors always, always, because of the ball movement, because of the uh, the way that they'll shift your defense, can always just get a bucket, whether it be a two or a three. They're going to get a good shot. And I said this time and time again, this series, like the Mavericks have shooters who want the ball to go in. The Warriors have shooters who think the ball's already in. <laughs> so, yeah. And like I feel like um, this is the tricky part about the Heat. Like, their threes from the Mosquito Fleet, if they're not going throughout the regular season, it didn't feel like a massive, massive problem because they did have Big Booty Carlaro. They had Bam. They had Hero. They had Butler, specifically, specifically Butler. Like, getting to the free throw line would save them time and time again. But with a compromised Jimmy Butler, with a banged-up Hero who isn't playing, with a Big Booty Carlaro who's forgotten how to shoot the ball. Yeah, bit of a tough one. But I think that we'll probably see the Celtics get through would be my guess. It also feels like they're a team that if their threes aren't dropping, they can sort of still manufacture points better than uh, the Heat. And that might get them through to the finals. So Dan's made a really good point there. I love it. Uh, Matty Owers, Jimmy, remember my comment from yesterday? It's a team game. Luke is a superstar but can't do it all by himself. Yeah, nah, yeah. It's a team game, but also, I mean, there's that weird, crazy stat of like looking at the draft positions for of Luca's Mavs teammates versus Steph's teammates. <laughs> it's fucking like there's so many like top level uh, teammates on that uh, Warriors team versus the Mavs, but it is a team game, and really, it felt like Luca shortchanging his teammates by uh, not getting back on defense, but also, as I mentioned, those ten missed threes where. If you work a little bit harder, you're probably going to generate a shot for somebody else. And time and time again, he was driving and like slinging passes, but it felt like they were pretty crazy weird passes a lot of the time. And they had a bit of the fuck you vibe to them as well. It's like, yeah, fucking you. I'm I'm not going to get a call anyway. I'm going to pass it. So he didn't have any turnovers in the second half, but Jesus. Uh, It is a team game. He did get some sweet assists, but it felt like he left his uh, teammates in the lurch. And it sort of fucked them. But with that in mind, this Mavs season is a win completely anyway, isn't it? Yeah, nah, yeah. They made the Western Conference Finals. What they need to do now, though, is not turn into the Portland Trailblazers and just go, well, we're basically as good as everybody else and a complete contender. You'd think that Daryl Morey and co. are smart enough to realize that. But at the same time, who knows? Um, But to make the Western Conference conference finals to get over the Suns. I feel like they have some very clear, and I think I actually like them getting gentlemanly swept because it was such a pretty brutal beatdown in like the games they lost that there's clear holes. There's clear ways forward and how you try to fix that. So I think the Mavs can sort of come out of this going, look, we did pretty good. Good season. Would have been nice to make the finals, but oh well. Luca just needs to get back in, you know, Absolute fucking tipped up shape for like the entire season. 
so he doesn't have like a game like today where he just fucking runs out of gas. Uh, if the Mavs had Tim Hardaway Jr., is this series different? Yeah, nah. It's, nah. Like, it's different in the way that it probably isn't a gentleman's sweep. But I think it's tough to say that having Tim Hardaway Jr. makes this a completely different Mavs team because we just never saw them have to incorporate and balance out Jalen Brunson, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Tim Hardaway as well. But at the same time, having someone else who could penetrate and shoot and create off the dribble would have definitely helped the Mavs, right? Like that's the one level. That's the one sort of spot you look at and go, "Ha, that would have been handy." That means no Frankie Ntilikina minutes. Uh, unfortunately, probably means no Josh Green minutes, but he didn't do anything in this series anyway. Um, but it would have also meant that Luca probably would have been able to sit a little bit more in some of these games or at least just sort of work off ball a little bit more. Whereas Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie, like the way they staggered, I think I, I like the way that they staggered the minutes of those three guys. If you throw Hardaway in there as well, it just gives them that one extra sort of little threat. But at the same time, with like three smallish kind of guards between Spencer, Hardaway Jr. and uh, Brunson, yeah, just would have been weird to sort of figure out how that would have worked defensively and how many... You know, if that would have worked, them chasing around Clay and Curry and Poole and stuff. But I think it would have helped a bit. But because we didn't really ever see that happen in the regular season because he got hurt and then the Dinwiddie trades ha- happens after that anyway, like, I don't know. It's a bit of a tough one. Let's get to the winners, though. Do we underrate how good the Warriors are? Yeah, nah. Nah, I don't think we do. I think what we underrate is how impressive... Their accomplishments are, though, six finals in eight years. The craziest thing to me is that it's 2022, and this entire sort of Warriors phenomenon began, like, in 2015. Like, I still remember going to the Nets game in 2015. It was, like, I think a bit of a late-ish kind of one. Well, you know, not in the first couple of weeks of the season. But, like, Steph had already just sort of started. This was the absolute height and hyperedness of this Warriors team, right? Where he's like, the fans would be rolling in there like an hour before the game to go watch him shoot around. And that was in 2015. That's so fucking long ago. And they're in the finals again. That's awesome. I absolutely love it. So I don't think we underrate how good they are. I think we underrate how impressive this run has been. 2015 to 2022, that's fucking sick. We do the same thing with LeBron. Like, to make that many finals in a row is absolute fucking chaos. Anyway, uh, with that in mind, can the Warriors win it? Yeah, nah, I'll leave that for the finals preview. But probably, yeah. I mean, they can. Will they? Don't know. Question mark. Shrug emoji. Unpopular opinion of the day. Now, look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. I hate that Dallas flew the white flag in the last couple of minutes of that game. Yes, Steph just hit a three. But, I mean... Two minutes to go. Who fucking knows what can happen here, you know? I mean, it might be a miracle, but (laughs) shit. Like, Steph hits that three. You're down 16. Two minutes to go. You call the timeout. Everybody comes in. Trey Burke instantly hits a three. Like, as they come back in, it's a 13-point game, just under two minutes left. If you then absolutely kick up the defensive pressure, who knows? You get it under 10 with a minute to go. Boom. Maybe, just maybe, you can pull something out of your ass. Uh, But I hate that. Like, give them also the honor of sort of fighting to the end. And anyone who doesn't want to be out there asked out of the game, if you ask me, is a coward. So I'm just saying. (laughs) Outback Takehouse. It's Friday at Outback, and you know what that means? Oh, yeah, four for one, ice cold TGIF Foster's Lager oil drum cans. They're as big as your fucking head. Drink it down, you dickheads. That's right, four for one of this horrible beer. It's Australian for beer, if you ask any dumb American. There you go. Go drink it down. Suck it down. No one in Australia is going to drink that shit, but you can. Only at Outback. Today's Flame Grill take is... Steph going to six NBA finals and maybe winning four of them puts him in the top 12 all-time easily, doesn't it? MJ, LeBron, Kareem, Magic Bird, Bill Russell, Wilt, Timmy D, Kobe, Shaq, KD, Steph. There's your 12. 
You can throw Hakeem, Oscar, Dr. J, Jerry West, wherever you want. But Steph, he's right there. Only at Outback. Um, yeah. I mean, if he wins another one, like, he's above Hakeem and Oscar and Jerry West pretty easily for me and Dr. J, so, yeah. I think the question is, like, how many he gets, like, how high can he get? Crack the top 10, crack the top 8, get above Tim Duncan, get above Kobe, get above Shaq. Amazing. Yeah. All right. Quick break, then the uh, final Australian player watch of the season. Oh, jeez. Right after this. This is Matthew Delvedover, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right. Australian player watch brought to you by Noble. That's right. What do NBA all-star Chris Paul NASA Commander Scott Cully, Reddit Coat founder Alexis Ahanian have in common incredible experiences and they've created audio courses to teach you what they've learned. That's right, it's on Noble, which is a rad app where the world's top experts teach new skills and bite-sized audio courses. Short like a podcast, 100% ad-free, it's awesome. It's like Spotify for learning shit, I love it. Go check it out, learn some new stuff today, like space, plant-based lifestyle, how to start, how to launch a startup, all the good stuff. Download Noble. Bang in the code Strayer. Get 20% off right now. It's sick. I love him. Squid still hates it. He's like, Dad, this isn't Thomas and Friends story time. It's like, all right. All right, pal. <laughs> anyway, go check it out. Right. The last Australian player watch of the season. Greeny, Josh Green. At least he got out there. Two minutes of garbage time right at the end. And uh, it was a plus one. So that's nice. Finishes the Western Conference Finals with a single made bucket all the way back in game one. And uh, sort of tells the tale of the year of Josh Green. Jason Kidd uh, learned to trust him after Tim Hardaway Jr. went out, threw him out there. But Greeny and the uh, situational uh, spots he was in, he wasn't able to sort of capitalize, I think, and hit those. Uh, like I've hit on this time and time again. So you're out there. You've got limited time. Hit that corner three. Hit it. Uh, if you're out there and you're open, shoot it. Like, he had a really, really good series against Utah, who don't exactly have the world's greatest perimeter defenders, and then just com- basically like got played out of the rotation in the Phoenix uh, series. And then, yeah, a couple of little, uh, little uh, pop-ups here and there in the Golden State series. But look, you get that. You're a second-year player. Um You've got a new coach. You've won him over. So hopefully Josh Green takes some big steps next year. Has a big offseason. Works on that shot so he can come out and be fucking automatic. It'll be good to see. Especially for our boomers' chances next year at the uh, World Cup. I'm just saying. But either way, good job, Greeny. I think he had a really good year. Uh, really capitalized on the opportunities he got. Um, Going to be interesting to see what happens next season. All right. Let's do a really quick Shane Hill shooter shoot. Shoot your shot. Light him up board. And the Luke Longley Award. Praise the Lord for I'm healed. It is the Shane Heal. Shoot his shoot. Shoot your shot. Light him up award. All right, this one was easy because Clay today had eight threes. He goes eight of 16 from downtown. That's the fifth playoff game he's had eight plus threes. (laughs) That's insane. Eight made threes. He's done that five times. Even more impressively, he goes past Steph, Dame, and Ray Allen for the most eight-plus point, eight-plus three-point playoff games in NBA history. Just to hit eight threes in a game is incredible. To do it five times is incredible. To do it five times in the playoffs is absolutely bonkers. So great job by Clay. You love to see it. And a uh, very brief Luke Longley Ward, the role player bloke who just knows how to do their bloody job, Andre Iguodala. Iguodala has made it now to seven NBA finals. That's a lot. It's also the most by a player in NBA history who's never played for either of the Lakers or the Celtics. Because there are blokes out there who have made more than seven, but they've also at some point played for the Lakers or Celtics. Iguodala. <laughs> That's amazing. 
What a run. What a run by Iggy. Right, Paddy Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check-in. All right. The Paddy Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check-in. Pretty easy one today. Just jingles his IG. Uh, he's just out there posting a photo of the missus, saying, ah, look, flames emoji, then thanking a restaurant. But then my favorite one are the uh, matching Nike Airs. Looking good. Nike. There you go. Uh, Mum and dad shoes. Looking good, Jingles. Looking good. All right, let's do a game preview or two and see how we went on our picks today. Let's do it. Game preview. Game preview. Thanks, Inverting Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. You excited for tonight and tomorrow and Sunday? You better bloody believe it. That's right. I'm going to the hold steady tonight, Saturday and Sunday. Cannot bloody wait. Would hate to be a beer in about five minutes. What do you reckon? <laughs> so, oh, the iPad's dying. There you go. That's pretty fun. Let's kick it back in. Um, so we went over one of the picks today because I had the Mavs plus six and a half, but I did have the Warriors winning, so I could give myself a one out of two, but I won't. Uh, so we're 40 of 81 so far for the playoffs, back under 500. Or if you're using Jimmy Mass, basically 500. Uh, tomorrow we have Miami, Boston. Oh, actually, what was uh, my pick? For Warriors Dallas, I had Warriors minus one and a half. I had Warriors in six. So I had the Warriors right in six. But I did have the Warriors minus one and a half and the Warriors just as the favorite. So uh, I'll take that. Um, And so will the uh, bank account. But that's good. Uh, But Miami Boston, game six. We're shipping back up to the Boston. Um, Eight and a half point favorites at the moment of the Celtics. Now. Eight and a half points is a lot. I'd usually err on the side of caution on that and take the eight and a half for Miami. It's going to be a knockdown, drag out rock fight again, one would expect. Uh, but I also tend to think there's probably not even quite enough offense, even in a rock fight for Miami, to keep within eight and a half points at the end for Boston, against Boston. I think Boston win this. I think they'll win it pretty handily. Uh, as I said in Game 5, I trust the offense and defense at the moment of Boston substantially more than Miami. Miami's D, look, you know that the shooting will return. You know that the backcourt of Struess and Lowry, there'll be changes, whether or not Spo sits Lowry, uh, whether or not Struess even plays after we saw him leave in Game 5. We don't know if Hero's going to be back. And actually, this is one of the things I completely missed in yesterday's rap. I completely skipped over it in my notes. I realized that... Uh, when I was going back over them today, I forgot about how I had like the entire stretch of my notes going, it was weird that Hero wasn't playing because he just didn't have that change of pace for Miami. And he was, you know, uh, on the bench looking pretty suave in that white shirt. But anyway, um, without Hero, with a compromised Butler, with a compromised Lowry, game five wasn't that much of a surprise. I think Miami will try to do that again. Rock fight it up. I think Boston, though, at home will be just too good. I think Boston will get a big Grant Williams game. Uh, We'll get a big Jason Tatum game again. I think Marcus Smart bounces back offensively and gives them just enough. And I think that crowd in Boston is going to be absolutely fucking psycho. So even if the shooting does bounce back for the likes of Gabe Vincent, Victor Oladipo, etc., it's probably going to be too much. Like, Bam might have another good game, but if Time Lord plays... We've seen Time Lord just stymie Bam time and time again. So, yeah, I'm going to have to land with Boston minus 8.5. But if that doesn't happen, we'd uh, have a game 7 on Monday with Boston in Miami. I would then take Boston again in Miami uh, just because I can't really see just this weird, fucky, run-down Miami team winning two in a row against this Boston team that I mean, you saw the young legs make such a difference in Game 5 where in the second half, like, Tatum and Brown just kicked it up a notch and Miami could not keep up. So I think in Game 6 we see that happen again. And I don't think Miami just have enough uh, weapons, especially with Tyler Hero. A question mark at this point, if he doesn't go, even well, I mean, if he doesn't go, obviously that's a big problem for Miami. If he does go, I mean, we've seen what they've gotten out of Kyle Lowry with him carrying an injury, with Jimmy Butler carrying an injury. I just can't see them quite getting over the top. Even if Oladipo goes off his fucking head again, (laughs) it's just probably not going to be enough. So give me Boston minus 8.5 tomorrow. And 
if that doesn't work and Miami somehow win that game six and they go back to Miami for a game seven. Game seven, baby! But I think Boston pull it out in Miami in game seven on Monday. So there you go. Either way, can't wait. It's going to be fucking sick, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to uh, a bit of a bit of a sleeping on Sunday. No games. Unreal. And there you go, though. That is going to be... That's the end of the uh, show. That's the end of the week, so... Better get into it. I cannot wait to go see the whole city tonight, tomorrow, Sunday. If you're going, come say good day. Um, either way, Boston tomorrow, minus eight and a half. We'll see what happens there. Should be a great game. You're watching the shit out of it. Probably hungover as hell. Uh, right. Either way, enjoy the games. Make sure you're following me Australia on Twitter, Facey IG. We're all over the socials. Get around NFL Australia with myself and Gaz. Uh, Gaz is back next week, so we might have the NFL off-season wrap opening. So, World Wrestling Australia with Adam over on YouTube. NBAAustralia.com slash shop. Get your merch. Get your merch. Pow. Come on. Please, please. Check us a rating review on iTunes, um, Apple Podcasts, whatever podcast app you use. Uh, no, Knowable. Download, download the Knowable app. The coffee's catching on my brain. Oh, jeez. It's all over. I'm seeing through time. Knowable. Download that. Bang in the code. Stray, get 20% off. Uh, big thanks go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. Check out their new band, House Hats. They're awesome. Uh, but really, big thanks go to Joshua Delarentis, Fascinated, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozers for the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on uh, Bandcamp, Triple J on Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify, have you listen to your tunes. NBA Australia, Sports Australia Bands, go do it. Awesome. Good times. And remember, uh, Ramshackle Army are playing with Aries 7 at the Corner Hotel in uh, Melbourne on June 25. I'll be at that too. After the uh, draft. Love it. Right. Either way. Going to have a big weekend ahead. Here's hoping I survive it and get through to Monday. <laughs> See how we're doing. Bit of a dusty Jimmy on Monday, I reckon. Either way, have a great weekend. I know I will. Uh, Celtics, Heat, Game 6, maybe Game 7. Who knows? It's going to be fun. Keep up with us on the fa- on the uh, socials. All right. There's NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would you? We are all the hold steady and... Later, Hosanna! Cooking with Beans is filmed in front of a live studio audience. And now it's time for Cooking with Beansy with your host, Aaron Bangers Beans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, g'day. It's cooking with Beansy, and I'm your host, Aaron Bangers Beansy. Yep, that's right. Just here in this here episode, going to whip up a nice, delish dish for you. You know what we're going to do this week? Oh, okay, Cheryl. Look at you over there. You're always losing your mind. Anyway, we're going to whip up one of my absolute Aussie favourites that you can have whenever. It is the classic bangers, scrambled eggs on toast. That's right, bloody scrambled eggs on toast. That's right, I love me some scrambled eggs on toast, and I'll tell you what. It is easy peasy, mate. Definitely helps keep up this physique, you know what I mean? Protein, baby. Yeah, look at you. All right, so it's bloody simple, mate. All you got to do is go down to your soupy, load up on a thing of eggs, get a dozen of them. Don't be a coward. Don't get six. Get a dozen. Now, get the free-range ones. Don't be a prick and get those ones that are from Cage Chooks. That's a no-no. Now, make sure you got some butter, maybe a bit of milk, bit of salt and pepper, and now, don't be a coward. Get some chilies. Maybe grab some spring onions as well. Then get over to your bakery. Say good day to Steve the baker. G'day, Steve. How are you, mate? Yeah, there you go. Now, grab a thing out of their fancy sourdough. Don't fuck around with shit bread, mate. This will blow your mind. Trust me. Righto. Now, you put your cooker on your medium. You get your fry pan or your saucepan. Whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter, mate. Grease her up with some butter. Now, bang eggs in there. Yeah, that's right. Just flat out, crack them straight in there. Now, some nongs do something different with it and whisk it all up in a bowl beforehand and mix in some fucking mixed herbs and all this shit. Don't bother. Do your whisking as they cook. So that's what you do. You crack the eggs in there, stir them up, 
Take it off the hood a couple of times. There you go. There you go. Yep, just let her settle. Stir around, stir around. Bit of your milk. There you go. Look, oh, that looks bloody delicious, doesn't it? Right, now, pop your toast in. Slice up your bread. Pop your toast in. Big, thick slices. There you go. Now, just sit back. Grab a tin. Oh, brekkie tins. How good is this? Now, chop up your chilli and your spring onions. Make sure your eggs are looking nice and moist, but not too moist, mind you. And throw them on the eggs. Bang in some salt and pepper on there. Grab your taste. Butter her up. There you go. Mrs. will love that. Turn off the heat in your eggs. Then you fang them on. I'll tell you what. Bob's your fucking uncle. Because that, my friends, is an absolute bloody ripper of a brekkie, a lunch, or even a bloody dinner. It's bangers scrambled eggs. That's right. It's just bloody delicious, mate. And it'll dead sit in Breast of Sheila's. Don't you worry about that. You know... Got a big night of banging ahead of you, behind you, whatever. Cook up this and I'll never leave your side. That's right. And if you want to get fancy, well, a bit fancy-pantsy, oh, look at this, look at me, look at me. Add a side of avo. Add a side of bacon or smoked salmon even. Maybe even some little baby tomatoes. And that will taste fucking unreal. Trust me. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, so how easy is that? Get stuck in, do it at home yourselves, and you'll absolutely bloody well love it. All right, there you go. Tune in to NBA Australia next time for a new recipe, and we'll see you then on the next episode of Cooking with Bainsey.